Let's start off a brand new week with a new episode of Bush and Ritchie's Daily Takeaway. Got some great stuff in this show ahead for you. In particular, something that may have huge ramifications for Ritchie Firth's home life. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Bush and Ritchie's Daily Takeaway. Have you ever saved the life of an animal? Because I have today, and it's a wonderful feeling. You've saved the life of an animal. Except, bear in mind, it's only ten past four, so yeah. you've, you've done this during your, your day, your Let Monday. Let me tell you what's happened. I went downstairs this morning, as I'm walking down the stairs, I see on the window ledge a bee, and it's looking really, really sick. Oh, what, like one of those moments where you just see bee, a bee that's given up flying deciding to walk around slowly. Yeah, well, it wasn't even walking. It was just lying there. I'm oh, thinking, so with this fellow, you know, he, he really, really did not look very good. And I'm thinking, I think he needs some attention. So I went into the kitchen and went and got a, a teaspoon, put a little bit of water in it okay. and some bits of sugar. It's weird. So that is the classic, um, like, thing to help a bee out, isn't it? Yeah. When do you when do you ever see bees eating that? Apart from when you they're on their backside and you're trying to help out. Well, when, when you see them like drinking sugar and stuff. Do you know what I mean? In effect, that's what they're doing when they go into a flower, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I think so. Nectar's sugar, isn't it? Do you know what? Now you say it, you've got yeah. a point there. <laughs> yeah. Now that's what. Now I know why people yeah. do it. But he hasn't got the strength to get to a flower because he's 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 dying on my window ledge. So I'm thinking, okay. right, okay, I'm going to give give him some you know B form of Lucasade, really. <laughs> so then I go back with my teaspoon and I like waft it around his what I think is his mouth. His it's, little proboscis thing. Yeah, or whatever the, it is. the front of the bee, uh, and he starts. You can see this little thing coming out of his mouth, and he's like sipping away. Could you hear him going? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think you're taking this seriously I, I'm enough. just interested how, how it panned out. Well, what I did, I left the teaspoon there, went back, made my coffee, came back ten minutes later, the bee's moved away from the spoon. He's got a bit of strength. Was he flying around in that, is he? No, he's not flying. Okay, oh, he's not so actually got him a little bit. Well, you know, if you're that ill, it's, it's quite some comeback, it's isn't it? It's a good point. Came back about an hour later. He's moved another few centimetres. It's hardly Lazarus. <laughs> yeah, but I cannot tell you how, how ill he obviously was. So he, he's moving sort of like centimetre by centimetre as the hours have passed. So bearing in mind you're at work now, by the time you get back tonight, you'd expect flight, possibly? Kind of what I'm hoping is when I get back tonight that he's not there at all. And he's, he's flown away and he's going off and having that happy life somewhere. See, I... I... I appreciate you doing that. It's a good thing to have done, and if you've saved him, brilliant. However, the only mild disappointment is that he's not ever going to come back and, like, thank you. Like, say if you... Remember Dances with Wolves? He saves the wolf, doesn't he? White Sox, whatever. Yeah. And then White Sox keeps coming back and, like, bringing him stuff. Yeah. You ain't going to get that from a bee. He's gone, isn't he? No, but the trade-off is, is hopefully, when he's flying around and he sees someone to sting, he sees me and thinks, oh, hang on, not him, <laughs> he revived me. I'll swerve him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll so get his other arm. If you have ever brought, been responsible for bringing an animal back to life or, or helping it in its time of need, <laughs> tell us about it. The video of the bee the richest saved is on our Twitter right now. Have a look at Absolute Radio. I've just seen the video. That's not a bee. Hey, It's not a bee. That's not a bee. <laughs> it was a bee. There's, there's, the video is of your, what's that, like a little window in the yeah, hallway? Yeah, window, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a spoon yes. with some sugary water in it, and then crawling away from that is something that ain't a bee. So whatever you've revived... It's a in, sickly bee. It's not, it's got a spike coming out of its head. They sting people. I think you've revived either a hornet or a horsefly. I pro No, I know a bee when I see one. It was a very, very, very undernourished bee. I don't think it had a meal for a while. Its coat had faded <laughs> because it's not in a good way. I promise you that's a bee. I think you've revived a baddie. 
You've, you've gone to work and left the baddie in your house. You've been watching too much Jurassic Park. I well, promise you that's not the case. You need to get David Attenborough, mate, because that ain't a bee. <laughs> don't, don't lose sight yeah, of, good point, of good what, point. We're, what we're after here. Do, by all means, have a look at Absolute Radio Socials. You can see the bee that I have revived. Mm. Uh, but if you have saved the life of an animal, we do want to hear about it. 8, 12, 15, please, for your texts. Uh, someone says, my dad revived a parrot with breathing apparatus when he was in the fire service. Wow. Texts are coming in. Please, I urge you, go and look at the video we've got on Twitter at the moment, at Absolute Radio. Richie thinks he saved a bee a bit I earlier have. on. I have. I don't think that's a bee. It is a bee. It's got a spike coming out of its flipping head. It's a sickly bee. That's why I've saved its life. It doesn't look like a bee, but it will do. It must be sick if he's got that coming out of his head. <laughs> uh, someone says, uh, guys, it's a dark edged bee flyer. Never fly heard that of one. mimics bees. I've never heard of it before. Someone says horse fly, whatever it is, it's the nasty so-and-so and it's in your house at the moment. If you have saved the life of an animal, we want to hear about it. It's spring, it's the time of new life. Well, I'm just keeping life going. That's what I did with that bee this morning. Uh, Pam, what have you saved? A goldfish. Wow, you saved a goldfish. Tell us the scenario. What happened? There was, my grandson had a goldfish in his bedroom in a little goldfish bowl and my um, son-in-law noticed that it had, you know, the little gravel stones from the bottom stuck in its mouth. So he grabbed hold of it, tried to squeeze its mouth. Nothing was happening, so I got a straw and sucked it out. So was that was that a uh, goldfish Heimlich that you tried to do to start with, to try and pop the uh, stone out of its goldfish? Who knows, what, who knows what it's called? That's amazing. And um, how much longer did the, you know, the, the, the goldfish it stick lived, around for? It lived quite a while afterwards. Now, I am going back about ten years. So, I mean, I've had goldfish back in the day when I was a kid, and you put that gravel on, that's what you do, you have the gravel on the yeah. floor. Isn't that like, yeah. that seems quite a hazardous thing then, if they're, you know, because they've only got like a three-minute memory. He's going to keep Obviously. choking on that, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? If he can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a seven-second memory. So he must be choking on it left, right and centre. Any bigger stones. <laughs> gotta, just just got to keep the straw by the tank, I think. Exactly, there the whole time. Uh, Jane's in Dingwall says, gave mouth-to-mouth to my goldfish uh, in his gills through a straw. Different route, but she says it worked. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know if I'd ever be the same again if I'd given a goldfish mouth-to-mouth. <laughs> Even in quieter moments, do you know what I mean? Hello, darkness, my old friend. Uh, Ali says, uh, lads, I saved the life of a stick insect a couple of years ago. My mate brought them home from the school where she worked for the summer holidays, but ended up going away herself, so I took them. Uh, they started shedding their skins. Most were fine, but one got totally stuck in his own skin. Wow. Sorry, sorry if you're having your tea. <laughs> Didn't move all day. Good old Google. You need to give them mist to keep them moist, and it worked. The little guy freed himself next day, and all was fine. Wow. What about that? Gary says, I saved the life of a large green turtle. It was caught <gasps> in a fishing net uh, when I was on a diving trip in Oman. It was trapped on the surface. I cut it free. Uh, Gary says, guys, I, I once re- rescued a squirrel that was being attacked by crows on a road. I picked uh, the exhausted animal up, put it in my car on the passenger seat. It was unconscious. Uh, after about five minutes of driving, it woke up. It didn't know where it was and literally tore around the car's interior for 50 minutes, <laughs> circling me. I was <laughs> petrified. Uh, John, tell us what you did. Yeah, um, so it, I just I was literally in the bathroom and I see this little commotion going on outside. And there's t- these two crows attacking this tiny little chick because we've got starlings living in the eaves of our house. Right. Um, and so, yeah, literally, because it's on a flat roof, I sort of went round to a window that opened um, well, I banged on the window to sort of scare them off and then, yeah, jumped out the window, ran around, grabbed the thing and it was tiny, like smaller than the palm of my hand. Um, sort of took it inside, found a shoebox and some towels, put a hot water bottle in there to sort of give it what best condition I could um, and it sort of got better. I give it some water through a syringe 
uh, give it some cat food for the like the the, the end of a teaspoon. Why, uh, why was cat food your go-to thing for feeding the style in there out of all foods? Um, I googled it and it said, you know, cat food is good apparently. Wow. Wow. I've always thought it smelled good when it's in the fridge. <laughs> Wow, wait, yeah. and did you have a name with it? As you nurtured it back to health, something like out of an Enid Blyton book, did you have a name yeah. for this? Uh, did you name the pet? Well, I called it Peter, and there is a reason behind that, because it had really long, spindly legs. Um, and I've been listening to a Peter Crouch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so how long was it with you until you were able to, like, set it free? Um, probably about a month. It was, it was definitely, uh, you know, three or four weeks. Um, wow. But yes, I sort of it was flying around my living room, um, and I took it. Um, yeah, I sort of took it outside to sort of get used to the outside, and it sort of fly around for a bit and then come back. Um, wow. that, that, isn't that the dream as a kid? Is having like a like a, an animal that sits on your shoulder, <laughs> yeah. like a spirit oh, familiar? Yeah. And, and then Absolutely when it went yeah. away, when Peter flew off, did he come back and visit or do anything in the you know after he said goodbye to you? Yeah, it was sort of uh, over time. It was, he'd sort of fly away for longer and longer each time. And then I sort of got to the point where I was like, OK, now he's gone, he's fledged. Um, but he'd, keep, he'd come back and sit on the windowsill, sort of wait for me to open it. He'd sit on my finger, just sit with me for a few minutes and then fly off again. He just wants that cat food, doesn't he? He loves a bit of cat food. Yeah, that's, that's what he was after, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. But, uh, always make sure to have something nice on the bird feeder in case he does come back. Because I haven't seen him for a little while now, but... Uh, He's probably got chicks of his own. He's, yeah, he's got kids <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, he's busy. When we've got kids, it's hardly hard to do anything, isn't exactly, it? Exactly. Meeting yeah. up with friends yeah. and stuff like that. Well, that is an amazing, heartwarming story for a Monday afternoon. Oh, yeah, nice one. <laughs> um, more of you hanging on to tell us stories of how you have saved the life of an animal. Christian, what was the animal that you saved? Yeah, it was a hedgehog. Wow, he saved uh, a hedgehog. Talk, tell us about it. Yeah, so we moved up to, we moved up to Scotland in 2020 and uh, we packed up the van and we drove up here and uh, when we opened the van the yeah, hedgehog had moved, uh, was uh, in the van and we found out it must have got into a bag of pillows so uh, yeah, we had to take it to the sanctuary um, but unfortunately yeah, it had immigrated without realising So you've actually yeah, okay so you've not just saved the life but you have I guess this thing has unwillingly moved countries Yeah well, yeah, I didn't, so I didn't save his life. I kind of took it away from its from its home, but I did save it by giving it to someone else. Since we got to realising it wasn't in a bag of pillows. I wonder if it's got a different well, accent now that it's moved up there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you'll definitely like you know pick up stuff from all the other hedgehogs he's hanging out with. Mm. I wonder if animals do have accents. I mean, you know, he's he's, he's obviously going to be fine, but can he understand what the others are saying? Yeah, yeah, and I hope it's the uh, little Scottish ones uh, treated it nicely and realised it was a. It didn't really know the lay of the land where it's it good. moved to. I really like it. I, I like this. It's, it's almost like what happened in the Blitz when you know kids were like sent out to like country places yeah. and stuff like that, moved out of the cities. <laughs> I, I can see a kids' book series in this in many ways. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I felt really bad though because it, like, it was my fault, but I saved it. But it was kind of my fault. It was there. Well, it's its fault for going into my bag of pillows in the shed. Yeah. Fair point. It was asking for it. Well, one one other question: Do you do you ever you know tempted to phone phone them up and see how it's getting on, or you you relinquish all responsibility now? It's gone now. It's uh, as soon as I got as soon as I got rid of it, it, might, it could have made it into a pie. I wouldn't know, but I assume it's got wow. had a pretty good life since then. I okay. hope so. Okay, well, let's let's fingers crossed, and we hope so. This is Bush and Rich's daily takeaway. I've been dying to tell you a lot about this. Uh, the greyhound that lives on our street had a right old adventure. Tail end of last week. <laughs> Listen to this, right? So this little greyhound went out in the back garden for a week. Uh, and then decided it wanted to go on an adventure, so it escaped. It jumped out of, uh, jumped a fence, got free, 
Uh, its, it's owner then was um, went out to the back garden to call it back in. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she, she put this thing on our... We've got a street Facebook group. Anyone else got a street Facebook group? It's just like people giving away free furniture and stuff and dogs go missing. She says, anyone seen our greyhound? He's got like a little blue uh, waistcoat on or whatever. Completely gone. Then the most unbelievable thing happens during the course of the day. This happened at like nine o'clock in the morning. In the course of the day, uh, this greyhound, I don't know what his name is, went on the most amazing adventure around Southend. This you think with your greyhound. If there's any breed of animal that's going to go somewhere quick, it's your greyhound. He was, he was literally <laughs> flying around. Uh, and there's, these photos were pouring in because it was, obviously with social media and that now, people were taking photos of this dog yeah. running amok. Uh, and posting them on like your South End and all these other little Facebook groups, and he was down. Uh, he was down on South End Seafront. He was stopping traffic by the beach. Yeah. Got into the shopping centre. Was running around. People taking photos of it, all with his blue waistcoat on. Go on the train pier thing. I reckon that it would only amount of time if they hadn't <laughs> been stopped by the police. In the end, the police caught him. I think got him and got back to his owner. So it's a happy ending, Good. which is fantastic. Uh, but it's become a little bit of a, a local legend now because it's it's that greyhound that went on the big adventure. <laughs> so I thought, seeing as you know, we talked about animals first hour of the show. It, is National Pet Day mm-hmm. today. I uh, just want to open this hour of the show up to people. If you've uh, got a pet or had a pet that in any way has found fame, <laughs> maybe it's been in the newspaper or it's just gone viral or anything like that. Uh, well, Luke definitely has. Uh, as he says here, Carrie Fisher once liked a photo of my cat. I don't know if you can get any better than that. Princess <laughs> Leah likes your cat. <laughs> Picture of a cat and quite clearly underneath you can see that Carrie Fisher's Twitter account did like... The picture, the picture of the cat. Uh, Laura says, "Do you remember Next Top Dog Model, the TV show?" <laughs> no, I've never heard of that. <laughs> it sounds like the thing you'd watch. I would watch it. I'm, I'm trying to find it now on the planner. Uh, there was a dog event in the town I'd lived in. I took my pups along for a day out, and uh, one of the people whose dogs was on the show came over and was like, "Is that Oscar the Papillon? They recognised my dog from his Twitter account." Amazing, amazing scenes. Like eight, twelve, fifteen to get in touch and give us a bell as well. We've got uh, Roy on the line. Roy, tell us about your famous dog. I'm not sure he did became famous. He was just. Um, uh, always off on adventures. Uh, he, we, he once had to be cut out of a hedge by a tree surgeon, and yeah, wow. escaped numerous times. Um, what yeah, was his What was his name? Him. Tell us what kind of uh, uh, pet he was. He was Jeff, and he was a, a, a Bichon Frise crossed with a Labrador. So he had a massive head <laughs> and a massive paws, but the rest of him was tiny. Right. Okay. What a character. And then uh, what was kind of the, the, the piece de la resistance of, uh, of Jeff's ill behaviour? It would have to be the police van, really. <laughs> the the morning, what? Having to, collect, having to collect him from the back of a police van at two in the morning. Jeff got arrested? Well, I don't know about that, but yeah. Jeff's got a more rock and roll lifestyle than I am. It's unbelievable, isn't he? <laughs> uh, Rowley's tweeted to say, how on earth can you get a cross between a Bichon and a Labrador? I'm just thinking about the logistics, if you know what I mean. Let's not think too much about that kind of thing. Don't question it. Gaynor says, back in the 80s, my nana and granddad's Jack Russell called Manda was thought to have been the oldest Jack Russell in the country. So when Manda turned 21, the Sunday Sun came to my nana's. We had a party for her and they printed pictures in the Sunday Sun of her celebrating her 21st birthday. They sitting with a party hat on. <laughs> I'm my best one, favourite one so far. Uh, this text says, My folks' dog was a Scotty dog. He was spotted on the street and was asked to become the face of Scottish foods. Wow. Off the back of this, my dad was then approached again for him and Mac the dog to be part of the Commonwealth Games <laughs> opening <laughs> ceremony. This also all sounds great until you see Mac and Dad heading down the catwalk during the ceremony in tartan trousers. <laughs> 
Morwenna in Cornwall says, when I was younger, I was at a big horse show and was riding past the Queen. And my pony decided to stop for a wee right in front of the Queen. <laughs> William and Harry, I was mortified. <laughs> Whole royal sweep there. Uh, text here, I take my little dog on the back of my motorbike. She had her photo taken for a biker website. Sounds like the kind of thing Leona would be on, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> uh, right, uh, George, tell us what you had. We had a peacock. I don't even know how we ended up with a peacock. Um, right. But, yeah, he disappeared. <laughs> and uh, we had no idea where we went. We went looking for ages, trying to find him, no idea. Did you have a name um, for him at the, t- at the time, the peacock that you had? I have no idea now, for honest. It was I was only about 10 at the time, so we're going back about 15 years. How does a peacock <laughs> escape? Do they fly or do they just walk? They, it, well, I believe it flew. I think we'd have noticed if he walked out the door. I don't think yeah, they I'd fly. Like I don't think, I think he just was, would have walked out of there. I don't, I don't think they're able to fly. Because I know they've got like, the big feathers and that. I just thought that was ornamental. It's just like showing off. Yeah, he must have had a bit of a fly because he ended up on top of a, a building site. So I don't know how he got up there. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find that out? Well, I say we booked the, um, the local paper on a Thursday to find him on the front Cover. That's the last time we saw him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so he, why they featured him in the paper for what reason though? That look at how this peacock's got up here. Uh, somehow we halted work. That's all we. That's all I remember from the story. <laughs> we got the phone cover at the top on the scaffolding, and we was like. When we went in the local shop, he's like, oh, my God, how on earth have you ended up there? <laughs> Guys, my, my dog Breeze appeared in the opening credits of Paul O'Grady's For the Love of Dogs after she won a competition and then appeared in the local paper, page three, but remained fully clothed. We're talking about famous pets tonight on the show. Uh, rewind ten minutes. Uh, George and his peacock. Oh, yeah. OK, so this was the uh, the peacock that escaped. They didn't know where it had gone. Uh, a week later, it's on the front of the, uh, the Chelmsford Chronicle. <laughs> <laughs> on top of a building site, yeah. stopping work. But the question that we asked that George didn't know the answer for was, how does it get up there? How, how does a peacock es- es- escape? We we know what they look like. Yeah. They're, they're famous plumage and all that, but can they use those feathers to, uh, to fly? We have the answer. Peacocks can sort of fly. Sort of fly. They tend to run and take several small leaps before a final big hop. They can't stay airborne for very long, but their huge wingspan does allow them to flutter quite far. In fact, (laughs) a peacock is capable of flying for around about a mile. But then it's worn out. But it does have really, really good legs to run. I'm not sure that that can be constituted as proper flying. I think that's gliding a bit. A bit of gliding. Yeah, but what is gliding if it's not flight? That's a good point. At least it's the one thing about animals we've been correct on so far on the show this evening. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So there you are then. So we, we've heard then this evening, are you willing to accept the evidence that's been put forward by the Home Time listeners that um, you haven't rescued a bee? It's, uh, what did this guy call it? He called it a parasitic bee imposter that you've resurrected. The straight answer is no. You what? No what? You... No, I'm not. I, I don't accept what they are saying. You believe it's still to be a bee? I believe it's still to be a very, very, very ill bee. Right? When when anyone is ill, if you are seriously ill, you look a shadow of yourself. You lose your colour. You lose your strength. You lose a lot of your bulk and your physique. And that's what's happened to this bee. I appear. I understand that there are things out there that it, it that might look what like this thing does look like. What like a like a horsefly with a great big spike coming out of his face. <laughs> I can't wait to get home and to see what he looks like now. 12 hours on. I, I don't. I hope this isn't the case, but I'm just concerned, and this is why you, people you need to listen to tomorrow's Home Time show to check in and find out. I'm worried for Natalie, I'm worried for Rocco. You've left them at home with what could be a predator. <laughs> 
it's going to be fun. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. So, look, I was doing bedtime story last night with my middle daughter, Thea. She's about three and a half. And you know what? I don't know if you're the same with Rocco, but sometimes, and I feel bad saying this as a parent, you don't take it in. So you're just doing uh, bath, hair, teeth. You get the story done, make sure they're in their PJs, get them in bed on time. The roller coaster starts, you just go through it, and then it's done. And you're reading the story out, and you're not really thinking about it. And that's, I feel bad saying that, but that's just how it was. Uh, however, last night, for some reason, uh, I, pa- I had pause. I paused afterwards. I didn't have physically have pause, that'd be weird. But uh, I thought, what an amazing book this is, what an iconic book this is, because I remember having it when I was a kid. The book we were reading was Funny Bones. Oh, yes. By Janet and Alan Olberg. You remember Funny Bones? Uh, about that skeleton family who uh, all lived in a bed together. Seems to be a thing in the 80s of uh, people from kids' stories all just sleeping in one big bed, like Charlie and <laughs> Chocolate Factory. And they all in a little bed together in a, in a, in a down the dark, dark stairs. That's it. In the, in the dark, dark room or whatever. Uh, and then I think they, they're bored, they've got a dog... And it's they, also a skeleton. It's also a skeleton. And they go into town and try and scare people and everyone's in bed. That's it. And they go to the zoo and yeah. see skeleton animals and all that kind of stuff. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry about that if you ruined it for you. One other thing as well. Is that like a, is that like a husband and wife skeleton with a dog? Or is, is, is that his child? It's like a big skeleton and a little skeleton and a dog skeleton. I, I hope is they're that all his one family. I don't... The more I read it, I was like, oh, I don't know. What's going on down there in the dark, dark stairs? Do you know what I mean? But I remember having that book as a kid, and it took me right back. And, and it's an interesting thing to take yourself back to being a child. Can you remember the story that you had read to you as a bedtime story back in the day? Here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I've got a good memory, very good memory. Uh-huh. But I cannot remember my parents reading me a bedtime story. Dad, if you're listening, you've got the right to reply. So you, this is a slight on your dad on is. this show right now. <laughs> really Couldn't be bothered. <laughs> However... Having grown up children now, I know that there are books that I read Caitlin all those 19 years ago uh, that I'm still reading Rocco to this day. Guess how much I love you, little nut brown hair, all that kind of thing. Guess how much I love you, it's a good one. That's still kicking around. It's good, it's weird though, isn't it? Like certain books stay on. Yeah. And other books just, it must, you know, there's loads of books The Pretenders, come yeah. They just, yeah, literally disappear. I did give my dad uh, a right to reply a few moments ago when I said I don't have any memory of being read stories as a child. Unbelievable. Your childhood sounds like Angela's Ashes, that, not even being read to as a kid. He is listening, because he's WhatsApp me. He says, I told you anecdotes, (laughs) 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 and I did impressions of people. It was brilliant. Well, I enjoyed it anyway. God, the anecdotes and impressions (laughs) are not a bedtime story. You can't come over and say, I saw this boat down the pub today. That's not a story. Story, Dad. Unbelievable. Uh, Rachel says, as a child, I loved a book about a boy who hurt his thumb. I thought it was called Ouch, or My Sore Thumb, (laughs) but I can't find it anywhere. Does anybody else remember this story? My Sore Thumb? It sounds like the follow-up to that Daniel Day-Lewis movie. (laughs) Um, My Sore Thumb book. To be fair, I don't want to do it down before we know what it is. doesn't sound like a thrilling subject matter for a book or a series of books. I mean, all I can find is something called Charlie's Thumb. Charlie's Thumb? Uh, or Caring for a Painful Thumb, a thumb therapy book. I'd love to read that, though. That'd be interesting. But when you've got a bad thumb, it is a nightmare. <laughs> if you've got any intel on that, let us know. Uh, my other half, Katie, has bought... I don't know if anyone else parent-wise doing this, where you've, you buy books that you had as a kid so that you want your kids to read them. Yeah. Uh, she, she used to love a book called Whatever Next, which was about a bear that goes into space in a cardboard box. Have cool. you seen that book? Uh, but... The weird thing is, I read that to Thea a couple of times. I'm a big fan of uh, Limmy, Limmy's show, and there's a, um, there's a car- the comedy character he's got in it called Dee Dee, who basically stays up late and 
Um, <laughs> I don't know how to put it. Like, has a few drinks. Right, yeah. And uh, he ends up, I think, getting into a cardboard box and putting a, the, a metal colander from the <laughs> kitchen on his head and thinks he's gone to the moon. And it just reminds me of that. <laughs> A lot of people re- also recommended Michael Rosen were going on a bear hunt. You remember? Have you read that yeah, book? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, I have. Yeah. Well, how does that end? What's that? How does that even end? What does that mean at the end? Do they do they actually see a bear, or has it got nothing to do? It's just made up. It, I, it, I think it depends how your how your outlook is because it, it's, it's kind of left vague, isn't it? Well, it's like I, I don't know whether it's like uh, they didn't really see a bear at all, or genuinely they were running back and went upstairs and yeah. had to hide under the duvet from a bear. And that and, the, and that there was a bear. That there was even a bear. Sadly, we've been talking about ninety seconds now, and nothing has come through about the ouch or my sore thumb book. So it really does appear that Rachel <laughs> was reading bedtime stories about caring for a painful thumb. Matt Freeman has just tweeted to say he was read Where the Wild Things Are, which I had for my eldest daughter Erin back in the day I actually think it's really scary (laughs) loads of people love where the wild things are because it's got lovely kind of like furry creatures with horns in it but some of it's absolutely terrified me and I'm a grown up a lot of love from Anne for the magic faraway tree great stories of imagination and fun I had to read this to my daughter a number of times when she was growing up she loved it so much The Daily Takeaway Daily takeaway. So just one final question, just one final question, and th- because I'm asking this, don't take from this that this is me conceding any ground. This is not a weakening of your position. No, but I'm just asking, if it is that parasitic bee imposter right. thing... Which sounds like a Radiohead song. <laughs> what is the worst thing that could happen with that? I, from, from some of the awful photos that are being sent to us on Twitter, for example, this one says, the long tongue-like mouth part of the bombylus bee fly is sometimes mistaken for a stinger. Actually, to be fair, it says it doesn't sting. It just uses its weird little face to find mate, mates and lay its eggs. So I, might, I think it might just freak someone out. So it's just going to be more of them, basically. I worry that by the time you get back, it'll have flown across Natalie as she's trying to get tea ready for rock and she'll ah, and smack it. And that'll be the end of it. After all that work.